0: Good morning. It's good to have you here this morning. Thank you for venturing out in the fine weather. I came in this morning singing, it's beginning to look a lot like January. And uh, it truly is around Moncton. I hear we get a lot of snow, and so it's going to be a good winter so far. It has been, right? We can't complain too much. And uh, uh, thank you for venturing out. I hope everyone had a great Christmas. And uh, I know we did. Uh, we're, we're about half done. My rest of my family uh, is coming from Ontario, hopefully later today, and uh, uh, if not tomorrow, but uh, we're going to be spending some time with them, and we're excited about that. But I trust you had a great Christmas time with some friends and family, and uh, I hope and hope and pray that uh, you came this morning with an expectation to hear from God. And that's what I hope to do and help with you this morning. And I want to invite you to turn with me to the book of Matthew. And uh, we've entitled this, uh, uh, See Jesus, and so you look at this and you think, why are we showing a sunflower um, that's supposed to be an eyeball, okay? So for those of you that are wondering, that's an eyeball, okay? And we have a hidden camera in there, and we're watching all of you here this morning. Um, So there you go. Uh, Matthew chapter 14, and I want to read to you just a few verses from there, beginning to read at verse 22. Verse 22. Merely Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. And while he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountain, mountainside by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already, was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Verse 25, during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. How many of you have felt at times like you've been just maybe stuck in a rut? Anyone? Maybe you're stuck somewhere and you just feel like, you're just doing the same thing over and over again, and you can never seem to get out of this rut you're stuck in. That's happened to me many times. Uh, how many of you have ever felt like you're stuck in a rut, and you just can't seem to get out of it? Oh, wait, maybe I'm stuck in one right now. Uh, sorry, bad joke, I know. I'll try to move on. I'm finding, I'm finding more and more that people are not satisfied with where they are in their, in their life. And they're always looking for something more. And that's a good thing, okay? It can be a good thing if we're stuck somewhere and we need to find something to get us out of that, maybe that sinful thing or that wrong thing or something that just needs to be freed from. So that's a good thing if you're stuck in that and you need to get out of it. And I think, I think we all need to try to have an attitude of trying to go deeper in our faith. And this morning I want to talk to you about the concept of living in deep water, but before you can live there, we have to be willing to get into the water. So let me explain that. In Luke chapter 5, there's a beautiful story there, and it's of Jesus' calling of the disciples. We're not going to read it. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it to you. But in Luke 5, Jesus, it's the, it's the calling of his first disciples. And the story goes something, something like this where, uh, hey, Simon, I need your boat. I, I'm... I'm uh, I'm too, I'm, Simon's like, I'm too tired, and Jesus like, oh, come on, I need your boat, help me out here, and so he's like, all right. Simon doesn't know who this guy is, he's maybe heard of him, but he doesn't have a personal relationship with him, and so he's like, let's get out in the boat, and they go out in the boat, and they begin to have this thing going on, and Simon doesn't really know what's happening, and they're having a conversation, and while out in the boat, Jesus begins to preach to a crowd on the shore. Now, most of the people were on the shore, there might have been a few people, you know, dipping the toe in the water, listening. And there were a few that were in the boat with Jesus. This morning, now, all that being said, uh, not everyone is as obedient as Simon Peter was in the scripture by saying, Yes, Jesus, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. You see, I believe that day when Jesus was teaching from the boat, he was talking to three types of people that day. And the first type of people that he was talking to that day uh, it was the people, that, uh, the people on the shore. These are the people that they came because they heard something about Jesus. They heard about this guy. They knew he was going to do something, and they thought, let's go check him out. And so they came. They stood on the shore, maybe sat down and put their feet in the sand. They listened to what Jesus had to say, but then did nothing. Okay? I'm so glad that we don't have that problem in our churches today. That people come to church, sit in the pews, and they all want to get involved. Every one of you always want to get involved and be doing stuff, and we don't have that problem. If you don't know me, I like to be sarcastic, and that was sarcasm, okay? Uh, we have, that can be a problem sometime in, in our culture. In fact, uh, I heard Carrie Newoff say one time that sarcasm is not a good ministerial tool, but it is therapeutic, okay? And I, trust me, it is. Uh, and, but I think, what was happening here, they heard of Jesus. They thought this guy's pretty, pretty neat. He's got a lot of good teaching. They came to hear what he had to say, but did nothing. That's the first group that was there. There's was a second group that was there, and I believe it's the people that were in shallow water. You know, they were hearing Jesus, they heard what he had to say, they thought. I want to get a little closer, I want to hear a little bit more of what he has to say. They're dipping their toes, you know, in the water, and, and they're getting excited. And I think in today's culture, we have people like that. They're the people that come to church, they come here, you're probably, some of you are here this morning, you like what you hear, maybe you get inspired, maybe something speaks to you personally, you think, yeah, that's me, i got to get involved there. But as soon as something goes wrong, you're the type that runs right back onto the shore with that first group of people. This morning what I want to talk to you about and challenge each and every one of us is how can we be this third group, the people in deep water? How can we be one of them? And I believe these are the types of people that we are all called to be. This is the type of people that God wants us to be, to be his hands and feet, to be called to say we're going all in with you and no matter how tough it gets, I'm in. And that's what God is calling us to be. So let's talk about that. What happens in deep water? When I was nine years old, uh, I went to a birthday party, um, and uh, a friend of mine, uh, he invited me. We had uh, There's probably about 15 of us uh, young guys there. We we're having fun. We went to an Olympic-sized swimming pool, and I'm the adventurous type. <laughs> no kidding. And uh, I, I went right to the deep end, right? Got to get on the diving board, get ready to jump in. When the lifeguard came running over and said, hold on, hold on, you can't do that, I'm like, yeah, I can swim. I'm fine. She said, we need to see if you can swim. She made me get down off the lifeboard, go down the ladder, and I had to swim out to the middle while she was watching me, and I had to tread water for five minutes. If I could do that, then I had the right to dump, jump in off the diving board. And so I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I'm doing it. I'm, I'm in the water, I'm treading water, and I'm doing no problems at all. Everything's going great. And I'm thinking all oh, the other guys are going to be doing this with me. While I'm treading water, I realize that all of my friends are still in the shallow water, playing games, they had the volleyball going, they're playing basketball, they're just having a great old time, and I'm in this deep water all by myself, and it was no fun. I passed the test, I got out, jumped in off the diving board, hey guys, did you see that? No, they're all doing their own thing. Here I am all by myself, and everybody else is staying in shallow water. Many people want to stay in shallow water because it's easy, okay? Okay? It's easy there. Many people leave the deep water because it's harder, and unfortunately, it can be very lonely. And that day for me, it was very lonely, and I left it and went where the crowd was. There's little to no effort in shallow water, and you can, you can still swim, but if you get tired or you think you're about to sink, all you have to do is put your feet down. One of my favorite movies of all time is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Anybody here ever see that movie before? Kevin Costner, come on. There's got to be a few more. You're in church, put your hand up, come on. I mean, what a great movie, one of my favorites, I love it. And there's a scene in there where Robin Hood is coming through the woods, and he comes across a bunch of guys, and he runs into a a little guy named Little John. And they begin to have this fight in water with sticks. I think it was the first, uh, like, real battle, you know, and it was just an incredible time, and... And they're hitting each other with these sticks, going crazy. I love it. I'm an adventurous guy. I love this sort of thing. And while this is happening, uh, Robin Hood is getting—he's getting destroyed. Okay. Little John is just taking the task. Finally, he gets a little—he gets in on him, catches him off guard, knocks Little John down into the water, and he panics. Little John panics. He's in this water. He can't swim. He's yelling at the top of his lungs. I can't swim. I can't swim. I can't swim. I can't swim. If you've seen the movie, you know what happens next. Robin Hood looks at him, and he says to him, do you yield? Do you yield? Well, if you've seen how the movie goes, what happens is Little John discovers that he's panicking in about two feet of water. That's it, two feet of water. He eventually stands up, and all is well. Little John did not know what to do, and yet he was still in shallow water so let's take this to the deep end here this morning what happens when we're in deep water well the first thing that happens i believe is our courage gets tested if you look at our scripture in verse 27 it says uh, but jesus immediately said to them take courage it is i don't be afraid our courage is going to get tested When we accept a challenge to go from shallow water to deep water with our Lord, our courage is and will get tested. Here in our text, Jesus' disciples got into the boat, and they went out into the deep water. A storm had begun, and fear had already already started to set in in their lives. And then to make matters worse, they see someone walking towards their boat, and, and they know that they are nowhere near land. I don't know about you, but I think fear sounds like a very uh, realistic and responsible response right here, okay? If you're out in your boat in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of a lake, and all of a sudden you see someone walking towards you on water, I give you permission to have a little fear, okay? Think about that for a second. You're one of those guys in the boat. You would be afraid too. I would be. And if you say, I wouldn't be afraid, you're a liar, and you'll have an opportunity to come and pray at the altar at the end of the service, okay? Okay? We would be. Fear is a a realistic response here. I mean, what is going on? Where did this guy come from? And Jesus sensed, the scripture says, Jesus sensed that they were afraid. and, And reassured them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. You see, every day we are going to be faced with a situation where courage is the answer, I believe. And things are going to happen that we don't understand that don't seem to make a whole lot of sense to us. And we may not even like uh, what is happening, but Jesus is there with us. And so he simply says, we don't have to be afraid. This leads to the second thing that I believe can happen in deep water, and that is our faith gets tested. In verses 28 and 29, it says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said, and then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Have you ever doubted God? Have you ever had a situation happen in your life and you just doubted that God can do anything in it? Let's be honest with ourselves here. Have we ever truly doubted God? Maybe things are not going the way uh, you had hoped they would, things just aren't happening the way that you envisioned they would. Maybe you're struggling with something at work or with a coworker. Maybe your family life is not in the best situation right now and you, and, and you feel like you have tried everything and you feel, uh, your situ- you feel like it's just falling apart and, and, and you feel like God is not there so you doubt the fact that God is there and will even help you. Over the past few years, I've had to face situations in my family, situations with friends and even with our church that didn't seem to make sense. A whole lot of sense and I want you to know here this morning that that I trust God with my life but when he asks me to do something that does not make sense to me I struggle with what to do okay I'm being honest with you this morning I struggle with it what's that Lord you want me to go to on a mission trip to Egypt during the riots well that doesn't seem like a whole lot of sense God but you want me to do it okay keep me safe please What's that, God? You want me to go to Haiti right after the earthquake? What? I don't want to do that. That sounds scary. You want me to give how much to the church, God? What? You want me to do what at Hub City? What? Seriously? Shania Twain and line dancing? Really? You want me to go talk to my neighbor and tell them about Jesus? Really? Really? Friends, sometimes it just, it, it doesn't make sense to us. But that's where the problem is. Get this, if you get nothing here today, get this. It does not have to make sense to us as long as it makes sense to Jesus Christ. That's it, right there. Right there, that's the whole message. It doesn't have to make sense to me or you as long as it makes sense to them, okay? As long as God gets it, and it's God's in it, and it makes sense to him, how can it go wrong? Too often, we try to doubt. We try to say, oh, this can never happen. Peter said to the Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. It didn't make sense. It didn't make any sense at all. How could Peter walk on water? I mean, how could Jesus walk on water? But I want you to know here this morning, it made sense to Jesus Christ, and Peter was having his faith tested in deep water. But I want you to know here this morning, it made sense to Jesus. It made sense to him so it can make sense to us too. Friends, when we are faced with faith testing situations, what are you going to do in those situations? Will you be willing to do what Peter did and step out of the boat, step out of your comfort zone and put faith in Jesus Christ? Will we do that? Can we do that? So here's how the story goes. Peter's doing fine. He's walking on water. Like, it's amazing. You wouldn't believe it unless you read it. And some of you still don't believe it even after reading it, but it it happened. It happened. Peter is walking on water. The other disciples, I'm sure, were amazed. They weren't sitting there going, that's pretty cool. They were like, what? Their mind was blown. I know mine would be. And they were just completely in awe. And Peter was walking on water. But then something happened. Look at verse 30. Verse 30 says this. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me what happens when we stop seeing jesus what happens when we take our eyes off jesus the first thing that happens is fear will set in and what are you afraid of most of you they don't you may not know this about me but i'm terrified of sharks uh i do not like them i do not get them i don't understand them when i get to heaven my first question to god will be really why come on seriously sharks what purpose do they hold in this world okay i have no place for them my wife made me face my fear at sea world a few years ago and i had to walk through if you've ever been there you have to walk through this tunnel and there are sharks swimming all over the place i'm walking through there like this she's holding my hand okay i'm scared Uh, and she's like they can't get you that's what you say but they might break through i mean i'm scared I'm walking through there terrified. I finally, I'm at the other side. I've made it when a a former friend of mine, he's not a friend anymore, taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, look up. I look up, and the biggest shark in the tank is staring me in the eyes, and I know he knows I'm afraid. He's looking right at me, and it literally scared. I ran out. At least I faced it. I don't like them. There's no point to them. They're, They're dumb, okay? Let's just forget about sharks. Every one of us, if we're honest to you this morning, we're afraid of something. Something is bothering us. Maybe it's just a little thing. Maybe you're afraid of the dark as children. We've always been, a lot of us were always afraid of the dark, monsters under the bed. Bringing the report card home, that was a big fear for me. Uh, But I had a reason for that, actually. Uh, It was hard for me because my mother kept telling me, oh, Graham, don't be so smart. And so I tried to live up to that expectation. And it didn't work out too well for me. Uh, maybe you're afraid of sharing your faith. Is that a real fear? Is that something that we struggle with? Sharing our faith, getting involved in the church, helping with children's programs, youth programs, going on a mission trip with this guy? Is that, does that make you afraid? Whatever that fear may be, it's only there because we put it there. It's only there because we allow it to be there. Peter was doing fine in our scripture. He was doing fine. He was walking on water. But then he took his eyes off Jesus. He started to try to make sense of the whole situation. And it didn't make sense. And it was in that moment he began to sink. What happens when we take our eyes off Jesus? You see, fear will set in. The second thing that happens is doubt sets in verse 31 immediately jesus reached out his hand and caught him you of little faith he said and catch this you of little faith he said why did you doubt why did you doubt i think we're being asked this question so many times in our life today why do we doubt that god can't bring healing in this why do we doubt that god can't do this why do we doubt that god can't deliver us The Bible does not say that everything is going to be fine. We will face trials. We will face opposition. There will be things that that happen that will frustrate you, make you feel sick to your stomach, make you even go crazy in your mind. But I want you to know... I want, you to, I want to remind you that God will be victorious in the end. And God wants us to be on his team, working with him, trusting his ways, not ours. And if we will allow God to take control of our lives completely, and we will truly live and trust him in all things, even when it does not make sense to us, then doubt will be no more. Just like that. but we have to trust them, right? Oh, it's easy. Listen, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here. It's easy to sit there and go, oh, good preaching, Pastor. I didn't hear any of that, though. It would have been nice. But it would have been just, I mean, that's great. That's great. But it means we've got to step out of the boat. We've got to step out of our seat. We've got to begin to think, what does God truly want me to do with my life, and am I willing to do it? We need to believe that God can do the unthinkable. Jesus walked on water. He took a fisherman and allowed him to meet him on the water. This can be hard for us to understand, and many today will try to come up with some type of theory as to how this actually happened. Church, it happened because God wanted it to. It made sense to him, and it can make sense to us if and only we fix our eyes on Jesus. If you have any doubt in your life here this morning that is keeping you from going deeper with the Lord, just get rid of it. It's that simple. Just get rid of it. Stop having a casual relationship with God and go deeper with him. Oh, anyone can have a casual relationship. It takes real people to go deep with him. I want you to know that I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that Jesus can make your life better. No doubt at all. All you have to do is trust him. All, and, and, when we, and when we take time, and when we take time and we step up, to step up out of our boat, keep your eyes focused and clearly on him. So where are you this morning? Where are you truly this morning? Are our eyes fixed on Jesus? Do you need to go deeper with the Lord today? I think the answer to that question, I know the answer for me is yes. And I believe that answer for all of us is yes. We're heading into a new year, 2016. And I'm excited about the new year. I love this time of year because for all of us, it's a fresh start. It's a new beginning. It's something we can look forward to. And and a lot of us will come up with New Year's resolutions. We're going to do this, this, and this. And by January 4th, we've missed it all. But this is an opportunity for all of us maybe to say this year is going to be the year that I go deep with God. This is going to be the year that I'm not going to allow anything to stand in my way. This is the year that when God taps me on the shoulder and says, you need to do this, this is the year that I step up and say, yes, I'm in. And you know what? It's going to get tough and you're going to want to quit. And there'll be times you're going to want to walk away and say, I can't do this anymore. That's going to happen. Happens to me on a daily basis where I'm just like, why am I doing this? And then God taps me and says, trust me, remember? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And God always wins. Friends, you need to see Jesus this 2016 year. Keep your eyes on him. Don't look elsewhere, but stay focused completely on Jesus. See him today. Would you stand with me? band's going to come and they're going to sing a song for us. And um, we're going to end a little different this morning. Um, Really, it's up to you what you want to do. Okay, I'm not going to uh, uh, beg you to to do all kinds of stuff here this morning. I'm just going to tell you this simply. If God is speaking to you this morning and God is saying something specific to you this morning and God is telling you I need to go deeper. I need to get focused. I need to take a commitment. Maybe today's the day you step out of your boat. And maybe that symbol here this morning is quite simply stepping out of your seat. We don't always invite people to come down here, but if God is saying, I need to go deeper to you today, I encourage you to step out of your seat. Have courage. Have faith. Trust Jesus. See Jesus. And I encourage you as we sing this to step out. Commit this year to be the year you're all in for Christ. Would you sing with us?